Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Beckham Z-Jam, down by the seaside. Beckham Z-Jam wins the Breeders' Crown. It's Rock and Run, Mick Wicked on the inside. Mick Wicked to win the Jim York Memorial. Fear the Dragon fights on, down by the seaside on the outside. Fear the Dragon, down by the seaside, down by the seaside. And Brian Sears gets up to do it. Keystone Velocity getting closer. Mel Marr looking for the line. Keystone Velocity, Keystone Velocity Keystone Velocity and Dan Dubay to win the Potomac Pace. This guy's the Energizer Bunny as they head for the Royal Fire Guns. Here he comes, foiled again. He keeps going and going and going and going and going. You're tuned in to the official. Podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing, Post Time with Mike and Mike, with co-hosts Mike Carter. And it's bus 936, and bus 936 on the wings of an angel. And Mike Bozich. Outside Heaven Rocks, but the clock's running out. Bella Buster Hanover wins the Commodore Ferry. Going and going. One action-packed state weekend to another. We go from the Dan Patch featuring Lazarus to the Gold Cup and Saucer, Manchego taking on the boys, and much more action in the Empire Breeders Classic coming up at Vernon Downs. Uh, you've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, I'll tell you what, uh, the summertime means only one thing for harness racing, and that is it never ends, or it never seems to end anyway. <laughs> the state season rolls on with another big weekend at uh, Tioga Downs, at Vernon Downs, at Charlottetown, and I forgot the Pre-Dete at Hippodrome 3R. That's right, and you will be at every location, am I right? Yeah, yeah, right. Listen, <laughs> listen, I, it, it feels like I've been everywhere and anywhere that harness racing has been over the last couple of weeks, and uh, I am taking this weekend off, my friend. You're thinking, well, that's that's not a bad thing. You know, you can absorb all the action from the comfort of your own home. Yeah, but this is a big, big weekend. And Mike, can you believe that it's already August 16th? This is unreal. Where the time has gone this year, I, I can't believe how fast time is going. But the action is going to be hot and heavy. The action is going to be hot and heavy on this very program. We have got four guests here today. All four are making their post time with Mike and Mike debut. And this show has been on the air for two plus years. Can you believe that four people are making their post time with Mike and Mike <laughs> debut here today? It, it, you know, it's impressive. Uh, that's for sure. It shows that we're still trying to get uh, everybody who's anybody on the program. And uh, I, I tell you what, I am elated to talk to a couple of these people, um, more specifically Vance Cameron, the voice yep. of Charlottetown uh, Racetrack um, in Canada. He will call the Gold Cup and Saucer again this year, most known for the boom just like that. 
Yeah, no question about it. One of my favorite announcers. I mean, just uh, in the Gold Cup in Saucer, the, the whole thing, It's they call it Old Home Week at Charlottetown, and it's an unbelievable experience, so they say. Of course, I've never had a chance to experience it, but everybody that I have talked to that have had an opportunity to experience Old Home Week, that have had an opportunity to experience the Gold Cup and Saucer, is always says that it is one of the most is the one of the greatest experiences at hardest racing. I mean, you know, and, and there are a lot of great experiences. I mean, you've got Hamiltonian, of course, you've got Little Brown Jug, you've got Meadowlands Pace, the list goes on and on. And, but, you know, it's a little bit different uh, in Charlottetown for the Gold Cup and Saucer because, I mean, let's face it. it I mean, it's, it's not in the grand scheme of things. It's not really that big of a race. I mean, it only goes for, what, like 60,000? Oh, yeah, something along those lines. But it's just an event. You know, like the I'll tell you, the Delaney Memorial is another one that has really captivated the imagination of uh, the harness goers over the last couple of years. That is turned into a huge event, even though that happens overseas. The we always have a big American contingent. I mean, Roger goes out there to call the races. We had Mike Wilder out there this year. Uh, Heather Vitali goes. Uh, Heather Wilder went this year. I mean, just a great social media presence. That's quickly becoming an event that we can put on the harness racing calendar. And this has to, the gold cup and saucer is unbelievable. It's a great event. And Vance Cameron's a big part of that, Mike. And we've got him on the show. Plus you want to talk about uh, some other great things, Mike. What about Melissa Keith? She's going to be joining the show as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's going to join the show. And I'll tell you what, she, uh, I don't know who's going to be live tweeting for her while she's uh, tweeting for us. It's going to be interesting to see uh, how all that goes and plays itself out. And we're also going to talk to the boys from Tioga and Vernon Downs, Mike, uh, John Horn and Nick Salvi. All right. Yeah. No question about it. Uh, They're going to be on as well. Uh, Nick Salvi, the stakes coordinator uh, will be joining us as well as uh, let's see who else we got on the show. We've got John Horn, the fine track announcer of Tioga. He's joining us as well. And of course, Darren Gandhi is running against this segment. Lots to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. We're going to get to a timeout when we come back. We'll get our show started. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, and it's next. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's It's that that easy. easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. Harness Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. 
Retrain, Rehab, Rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Mike Bozich here along with Mike Carter for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a wheelchair or scooter? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application. If eligible, you may receive funding. Again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer, driver, or owner? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2017 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2018 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through October 31st. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers, trainers, and owners. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. 12 championship races. One spectacular night. And Father Patrick got a Coastoma champion here. Breeders' Crown 2018 coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Pitching up the rail. Modern legend there. Foils again. Dead game. Clear vision laid on the outside. Pit Rock on the inside. Photo finish. Foils again and Pit Rock together. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. We're back on Post 7 with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. A big weekend of harness racing coming up, both at Tioga and Vernon, as we've got the uh, Zweig Memorial coming up at Vernon, and, of course, the Empire Breeders Classic, and so much more uh, coming up at Tioga. And right now, we're joined by the stakes coordinator for Tioga and Vernon, as well as the Meadowlands, Nick Selby, making his post time with Mike and Mike debut. Nick, how are you, my friend? I'm holding up okay, Mike. <laughs> you're, you're holding up, so this means that this must be a very busy weekend. It is a busy weekend. You know, we stayed pretty busy at the Meadowlands where I spend the summer, and then once the Meadowlands closes, then we focus on some of the stakes upstate New York at Tioga and Vernon, and Zweig's the marquee race there. And uh, he's got a – Scott Warren, the race secretary, has got a pretty good-looking field. 
Yeah, of course, Manchego, of course, is uh, kind of the headliner taking on the boys in that $350,000 particular race. We are going to talk about that in just a moment. But, Nick, you are making your post time with Mike and Mike debut. So tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do for those uh, three particular racetracks. Right. I don't know what took you guys so long to get around to me, but I I don't either. It's unbelievable. We've got four yeah. people on this show today that are making their post time with Mike and Mike Davies, including Vance Cameron. We've never had Vance Cameron on the show either. So, th- th- yeah, this is uh, we we we, uh, we dropped the ball on this, my friend. I'm not offended. It's OK. What I do for I've worked for Jeff and Jason Settlemore since 2007. Yeah, it's kind of hard to really define. It's kind of a whatever needs to get done position. I started there in in 2007 as was Tioga and Vernon only director of racing, and I had come from the Red Mile where I was the race secretary for a while, and that kind of morphed into more of an overseeing position. You know, Jeff is uh, is a guy with a great vision and a lot of ideas, and when he would conceive those ideas, we'd try to figure out how to implement them, and that stepped up a great deal when we went to the Meadowlands and start to launch new races and try to find ways to make things as good as they can be there at the Meadowlands. So, you know, whenever something needs to get done, my phone rings. Yeah, and of course you have uh, had a, a story career, a long career in the sport of harness racing. Tell us a little bit about your early days, the early days of one Nick Selby. My father trained standard bread, so I grew up at the meadows right on the back stretch. And you know, as soon as I was old enough to I started to drive horses and raced horses from that time, which I guess I was eighteen until around forty years of age. And, you know, every day wasn't Christmas, highs and lows, a couple of good things and uh, you know, eventually it just ran its course and I had the good fortune to be able to stay in harness racing in uh, a different capacity roger houston did me uh was very kind to me and did me a great service he hired me i was roger's sidekick for a year and a half at the meadows when i quit actively racing horses and that turned into a, a stint with the classic series of a few years ago and that led to the red mile and uh you know it's kind of a storybook ending at least to this point Nick, let's talk about some of these races coming up at Vernon and Tioga. First of all, Friday night, a big night at Vernon Downs, a signature event, the uh, Harry Schweig Memorial. Obviously, Manchego getting all the headlines, 5 to 2 in the morning line. She's taking on the boys. What are your prospects? What do you see for uh, her prospects coming into this race? Well, you know, Jimmy Tactor's the best horseman of my generation and maybe anybody's generation. And, you know, he's tried Phillies against Colts before. He mentioned that around Hamiltonian time. He tried Ariana G last year in the Zweig. And, uh, yes, Mickey Fonstead beat her one of the rare occasions that she didn't win last year. And that's going to be the competition here, six-pack. He's a very good horse. I thought he was the best horse going into the Hamiltonian. You know, he got virtually a a no-chance circus drive and uh, got eliminated. You know, he didn't even pass through the final, which is unfortunate for him and his connections and for the race too, because it would have been a different race with him in there. Uh, I think he provides the main competition, you know, the rest of the field, they're all very nice horses that anybody'd be happy to have. Mets Hall, he went far and away the best race of his season when he was second in the Hamiltonian final. But, uh, you know, she's an awfully good filly. 
and Jimmy wouldn't start her in there unless he thought she had a real chance to beat those Colts. You know, in the race before that is the uh, Zweig Memorial for three-year-old uh, Philly trotters, and a pretty good field there, including Plunge Blue Chip, who is the uh, fastest trotting Philly uh, of all time. You've got the Supergirl Riley Basquia, a horse that I've had a chance to see a few times. What do you make of that one? Well, that looks like Plunge Blue Chip and seven, seven other Phillies to me, no disrespect. You know, she's a major stakes winner. She's the fastest three-year-old trotter ever. And uh, the rest of these Phillies are nice Phillies, but they, they off-pass performance don't stack up very well against Plunge Blue Chip. It was disappointing to just get eight Phillies for that race. It's good for them because they're going to go for 180000 So everybody's got a chance to get a nice payday there try to follow plunge around there and be second or third, but that's an easy one there. I mean, you know, she's going to be a very short price and deservedly. So Sunday coming up at Tioga, you've got the empire breeders classic. The uh, seventh race is for three-year-old Philly paces. Very, very good field here. Uh, you've got Alexis faith, uh, Marjorette, Angie, solid, uh, solitary, Gueblo blue chip. I'm trigger happy. Of course, you are my candy girl. Painted Lady, Believe in Me, and Miss Cheeseman drawing post nine. What are your thoughts on uh, the, that event for three-year-old Philly Paces? Well, most of these Phillies have been competing on the New York Sires Trail, uh, which is entirely different from the Grand Circuit. You Are My Candy Girl was the world champion. She was the Dan Patch two-year-old Philly of the year last year with good reason. She kind of got off to a disappointing start, but you know her last couple have been her best. She took a little revenge on kissing in the sand in the Shady Daisy on Hamiltonian Day. It was a great race. Just beat her by an inch or so. And, you know, she's the best in here. Uh, Under normal circumstances, she's going to be a short price, and uh, she's the best horse in the race. And, of course, the next race is the Empire of the Breeders Classic for three-year-old Colts and Geldings. A good field of nine in there. Courtly Choice, the Meadowlands uh, pace winner. Plus, you've got some other good ones as well. Hitman Hill, American History. Your thoughts on that one? Yeah, it's a far more competitive race, in my estimation, than the Philly race. I've liked American History right from last year. You know, he got started late in the year for Tony Alanya. And I'm sure they were disappointed <laughs> couple of his races you know the the two big ones the na cup final and the meadowlands pace were his worst performances of the year so you move on you adjust and uh maybe he's better off on smaller tracks you know he was awfully good in the adios come along first over he was a long first over in the eliminations for these races last week and a pretty handy winner over hitman hill who's no bad horse and you know i mean you got to go through courtly choice to get the the title here He's had an exceptional season. You know, they supplemented to the Meadowlands pace, and they were rewarded. The Kane pace, you know, he was a little out of position. He's not a horse that looks like he's got a lot of early speed, so he's at the mercy of the pace a little. But, you know, Dave Miller's come to know the horse pretty well and knows where he has to have him. I would think the smaller track, the 5H track, is probably advantage American history. But courtly choice, you know, Miller's got a knack for working out a good trip and he, he's certainly the horse to beat. 
One final race to take a look at, Nick, it's the Artscape Open Bears. I love seeing the Open Bears uh, do battle, of course, Charton, 13 of 17. Uh, she has just been unbelievable time and time again. Just been a model of consistency so far this year. And she meets up a lot of, with a lot of the uh, kind of the old suspects, the suspects she's been battling and beating all year. She does. She's clearly the leader of that division, but it's a competitive group. You know, there's three or four fillies here that under the right circumstances could uh, could make this a good payday. I think L.A. Delight's had an unlucky season for Nancy Johansson. You know, she was locked in, and the Golden Girls got locked in the pocket behind Charton. And then she made a break early in the Lady Liberty, which is totally out of character for her. You know, she might be sitting on a good one. Pure country, this is her time of year, right? I mean, last year... She floundered early. She hit her best stride by Hamiltonian days. She won the Lady Liberty last year. And this year, she was kind of floundering, and her last three or four lines were more pure country-like. Uh, Yannick is going to drive her for Tactor from post eight. And Caviar and Alley went a remarkable race at, uh, at Paris, her last start. She's just had the worst luck in the big races, though. She drew 12. And the Golden Girls is virtually impossible, even though she got a decent trip out of it. Mandy worked out a trip for her. And then the Lady Liberty from post eight, she got stung early and she wasn't around at the end. You know, you're not winning from ninth at Tioga, so chances are she's going to finally, you know, uh, find herself on the outside for for the largest portion of this race, which isn't going to help her. I think, you know, if you're looking for if you're looking for value, maybe L.A. Delight, first time Z-Ron. He and Nancy have had great success this year if you're trying to beat the favorites. No question about it. Nick, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck to you this weekend. And, hey, don't be a stranger, huh? Yeah, what, should I expect some kind of parting gift in the mail? <laughs> well, My address to yeah, it, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be a check. Uh, but don't, don't wait by the mail for it next week. Just give, give it a little time. It'll get there. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for what you guys do. It's important to the sport to – all right, Nick, we appreciate it, buddy. Out. Thank you. You're welcome. That was Nick Salby, the uh, stakes coordinator for Tioga and Vernon, as well as the Meadowlands. Still lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. John Horn will be joining us, the track announcer of Tioga Downs, plus Melissa Keith, Vance Cameron, and so much more. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way. Winback Farms yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. Be sure to check out our lineup to take advantage of opportunities in slot and rich states. Our yearlings are eligible in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Ontario, and Pennsylvania. Our 2018 sales schedule kicks off in Goshen on September 9th, followed by Lexington October 2nd through the 6th, London October 13th to the 14th, Harrisburg November 5th to the 7th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's Winback farm.com 
Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, and uh, Mike, we understand that there is a um, small technical gaffe uh, where our patron or our listeners are not able to listen live. But uh, if you're listening to this, chances are you're listening on the archive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, the archive, right. The archive will be available, uh, you know, which is available right after the show. And that's probably when you're going to be listening, uh, being that you can't listen live. But uh, it's a blog talk radio thing, I guess. What What is it? Their server's down or something to that effect? Yeah, something's going on with their server. Uh, so something, there's an issue with their uh, server at this moment. It's all your fault. Your yeah, fault. probably so. I wouldn't doubt it. All right. Well, let's get along with the program. Well, you know what the good thing about it is? The majority of our listeners listen on Archive anyway because, you know, you, you can listen on demand. That's a cool thing about right. the show, right? Anytime you want to listen, all you got to do is press play. You don't necessarily have to be here at 1030 like we do. Correct. That is that – is, uh, listen, if we're late, we got problems. If you're late, yes. you can still listen. That's right. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's keep the show rolling. Our good uh, buddy, the fine track announcer of Tioga Downs, John Horn, is joining us right now. John, welcome to the program, my friend. How are you? Good. Uh, I heard the end of Nick. I thought there was something wrong with my computer because I tried to listen to your show. So I said, ah, I guess <laughs> – Screwed up, but I, I'm glad to hear that it wasn't just me. <laughs> well, Nick, well, actually, it's Nick's fault. Nick broke it, you know. So Nick takes the blame for a lot of this. He, he could take the blame for this one too. <laughs> but uh, well, listen, hey, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend, and and you, like everybody on this particular program, is making uh, his or her post time with Mike and Mike debut. Uh, before we get into the action coming up at Tioga this weekend and last weekend, tell us a little bit about yourself. How'd you get involved in the sport of harness racing? Well, it's it's a strange little thing. When I when I was young, um, I lived in Middletown, New York, and I used to um, go home on Saturday nights. I used to work at the Orange County Fairgrounds. It was a stock car races. When I got home, Yonkers Raceway was on with their weekly. It's It was a live race from that night, but it was also weekly, and it was Bullet Bob Meyer, and I fell in love with harness racing from there as a kid. And then as I got a little older, I got to go to um, Monticello Raceway, which was close to me, and I got to hear – uh, Jerry Glantz was the first guy I got to hear there, and then Howard Oil for all these years. Uh, I've been an announcer. With I, I announced the Oneonta Tigers baseball team until they left us and went to Connecticut. I also work at the National Baseball Hall of Fame. I, I also announced basketball as well as football. 
stuff. So I've always done that, but I've always had a thing for horse racing. When we lost the um, Oneonta Tigers to Connecticut a couple years ago, I had known about Tioga Downs, and I said to my wife, I know this is crazy, but I'm going to go down there. I'm going to. They, they were offering a job that helps out with the uh, uh, judges, and um, I said, this is my chance. I'm, I'm not getting any younger, and I've always wanted – to announce horse racing, so I got my foot in the door, and I just got lucky. John, you talked about working at the Baseball Hall of Fame, and uh, that's got to be really, really interesting. I mean, obviously a, a big baseball fan. I just I went crazy when my Chicago Cubs finally were able to get off the schneid and, and, and break the curse and win the World Series, and the White Sox did so You know, uh, about 10 years before that. But uh, working at the Baseball Hall of Fame certainly got to be a special thing, huh? It's pretty cool. I've been there for 22 years. I, I, I work in the photo archives, so I look at baseball photos all day. So that's a really tough job. And, uh, I actually sell them to newspapers, and, uh, and I got to sell a lot to Chicago that year. In fact, it was a very busy uh, season that year between Chicago and Cleveland, uh, uh, wanting a lot of photos from the past and everything but yes it's it's pretty cool i've i've met four presidents two of them one of them before he was president george uh w bush i met his dad and i actually ran into his dad literally uh, he went he came to uh carter's induction uh gary carter and um we were both backing up i i had just got off the stage and um I was making bathroom announcements, all that kind of stuff. And we pulled literally backed into each other, and we were both a little shocked. I was a little bit more shocked than he was because then I realized who it was. And I also got got to meet Bill Clinton when he came to the Hall of Fame. We came when Hillary was deciding to run for Senate. And then the uh, got to see Barack Obama, um, actually the only one while he was president, and he came a couple years ago and spoke. So. It, it's it's pretty neat thing that I got to see four presidents from working at the Hall of Fame. Who'd have thunk, thunk it? Now, John, talk to us a little bit about uh, how it's been at Tioga Downs uh, thus far. Obviously, uh, for any new announcer, there it, it presents its challenges, but uh, you sound like you're having some fun up there. I, I love Tioga. I really do. Um, they, they really believe in horse racing. They push it. They, they have something every week um, to try to get the fans there. Uh, we had just had wiener dog races. Place was packed. Uh, and to, to be able to have some great grand circuit racing, is, it's just unbelievable. In my wildest dreams, I didn't think I'd be announcing some of the best horses, which I got to do this year. I got to announce Atlanta earlier in the New York Sire Stakes. And then Hanover, Hanover, of course, got shot last week. Um, but uh, – I got to announce her a couple of times, and uh, it that's a pretty good, cool thing, as, as most of you guys know. Yeah, I got a chance to announce the first matchup between Hanalore Hanover and Ariana G. And, uh, of course, somebody from out of the clouds wins it, but that was uh, certainly a huge upset. You've got another big weekend coming up this weekend, my friend. You've got uh, the role with Joe, plus, of course, the Empire's Breeders Classic coming up on Sunday and uh, two very, very good races. 
And uh, we kind of took a look at him with Nick. Now, let's get your thoughts on him. First of all, the Empire's Breeders' Classic for three-year-old Philly Pacers. You've got a great field in here. You Are My Candy Girl has won five of nine, and uh, she is definitely going to be one of the major contenders. Yeah, she is. She, she um, of course, had a great year last year. The way she started the year, it's like, uh, what are you going to get out of her? her? Her first one, actually, she had lost at Saratoga, came here uh, for Sire Stakes, and uh, – she won, but wasn't convincingly um, the first time. Uh, when she won last week in her elimination, she could have went. Uh, she could have been under 150 if she wanted to. Uh, she just went as fast as she had to go, and uh, she she's tough. She she definitely can grind it out. Um, she, I'm sure she's going to go for the lead, and uh, I, I think her her toughest competitor is going to be the other Ron Burke trained horse, play below blue chip. As well as Alexis Faith, but it just I I love the way Playboy Blue Chip was closing last time against Alexis, um, and I I think this is all you are my candy girl, but I thought it was all Handle or Handover or Ariana G last week. So as you know, with horse racing, you never know what you're going to get, and these are full fields. Both both of these horses, Alexis Faith and You Are My Candy Girl, were short fields last week just to qualify. So. Uh, she she really looks to be the class though. She she um, is tons better than the last time I saw her, and she was still good enough to win then. Um, and she likes the track. She's got the track record for two year olds, so she she likes the track. And I, I think that's the only thing about Handler Hanover. I don't think she likes the track. She lost in the Dwight of V last year as well. Now, John, obviously the three-year-old Colton Geldings final for the Empire Breeders Classic race number eight, and you get to call Meadowlands Pace champion Courtly Choice. He takes on American history at Hitman Hill. Uh, Courtly Choice, uh, seven for ten on the year, 147 and one mark uh, with David Miller back of the bike. It's got to be nice to see Courtly Choice uh, back in town. Wow, I'm telling you, he impressed me more than anybody did last week. He was just the fifth off the track record. Um, last week for three-year-old Colts, and let me tell you, he had a ton in the tank, and he again he just won what he had. He just did what he had to do, and um, I'm really I'm I'm looking for under one or around 148.2. That, that's my prediction. Um, uh, th- it depends how much the source is going to get pushed, but uh, uh, Dave Miller and looked really t- tough in there. Now. Obviously, the cane pace didn't go as well for them. So, again, you never know what you're going to get. But, boy, I'm telling you, Courtly Choice really impressed me last week. Yeah, no question. Well, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck to you come this weekend. And uh, we'll certainly be listening to you, my friend. Well, thank you. And and I love listening to you, Mike. And and I used to like listening to Mike Carter as well. Listen, John. I think that's you might the thing be the about Mike Carter. Thing. You never know where you're going to hear him. He could end up anywhere with his job now. <laughs> yeah, that's what's great. Well, hopefully he'll come see me sometime. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll take you up on that, John. John, we All appreciate righty. it, buddy. And, yep, and you guys are both welcome to the Hall of Fame. Let me know if you ever want to go. Absolutely. Hey, that would be scary. a good hey, – that'd be a great remote. I would certainly love to see the Baseball Hall of Fame. That would be awesome. Thank you, my friend. All right. Thank you, guys. All right, that was John Horn. What a what a nice guy, Mike. Oh yeah, Donald super is. nice guy. Uh, I mean, you know, I'll tell you, that's got to be a 
a special thing to be able to work at the Baseball Hall of Fame. I mean, to walk those hallowed halls with some of the great memorabilia that they have over the years, I mean, uh, that's got to be cool. Yeah, for sure. It's got to be something uh, to really enjoy and see. You know, Cooperstown, Mike, plays host to um, a bunch of the 12-year-old teams week in and week out. Um, they have those tournaments every week, and, you know, they, they put on a show for these kids uh, all the time. So he's got to really enjoy seeing that. And four presidents, Mike, that's pretty impressive in its own right. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, you know, just just good stuff all around. And speaking of good stuff, another one will be making her post time with Mike and Mike debut. And out of the four guests that we have, this could be actually the, the, the craziest because Melissa Keith is like – she has done so much for our show from a social oh, yeah. media point of view. I mean she helps us out with the tweets all the time, uh, you know, getting the quotes – from a lot of the guests, and it's a big, big, big help, a huge, huge help. Listen, and, I, I, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry, no, go ahead. No, I'm just saying that that's a huge help. I mean, she's she's done, she's really, really helped us out in a big, big way. Well, listen, I was going to crack the joke about uh, you know who was going to take her place doing the tweeting while she was on, but uh, we can't make that joke because uh, we're nobody can hear us. So we're <laughs> post so so we're post time with Mike and li- Mike live from nowhere today. That's right, that's right. But we'll be on the archive, and the archive is usually available right after the show. Oh yeah. So oh yeah. I mean, listen, you, you know, in about a half hour, you just can't hear us live. That's all. But like I say, a majority of our listeners check us out on the archive anyway, and and you can do so in, in a couple of different ways. You can do it right on our website at posttimewithmikeandmike.com. We prefer you would do it through our sponsor, Bet America. And uh, the Bet America Radio Network, uh, they've got uh, Jason Beam. They've got uh, all kind of great content on there. So make sure you check that out. That's at betamerica.com slash barn. Let's get to a quick timeout. When we come back, Melissa Keith is up next, plus Vance Cameron and Darren Gandhi is running against this segment. And so much more on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Are you a student looking to log volunteer hours or just someone interested in spending free time giving back in your local community? Pacing for the Cure could use your help. We need volunteers at local events to help with fundraising and to assist with the annual dinner party planning activities. Please email Janine at pacingforthecure.org for more information. Again, that's Janine at pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Pacing for the Cure annual sponsorship opportunities are available on the pacingforthecure.org website under the donor tab. Choose your sponsorship level or customize your own sponsorship package. This is a great time to reserve a table sponsorship at the annual Pacing for the Cure fundraising dinner party in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in November. As always, there will be great food, entertainment, and prizes at the annual event. Visit pacingforthecure.org. Winback Farms yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. Be sure to check out our lineup to take advantage of opportunities in slot-enriched states. Our yearlings are eligible in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Ontario, and Pennsylvania. Our 2018 sales schedule kicks off in Goshen on September 9th, followed by Lexington October 2nd through the 6th, London October 13th to the 14th, Harrisburg November 5th to the 7th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's Winback farm.com
we're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, uh, you know, most people don't know that we're not in a studio together, but what what just happened would, would have been hilarious for both of us um, if you would have been sitting right here with me. As you started to play the bumper, I of course I sneezed. And uh, was hoping that I wasn't live, and I heard unmuted in my ears at the, about the same time you pushed it. So, so, so we we timed that out quite right. I think you got your sneeze in. I think you got your sneeze in, my friend. <laughs> boy, oh boy, <laughs> we're rolling along on this edition. Uh, all right, we're going to bring in our good friend Melissa Keith, and Melissa, you listen. You listen to all the antics every single week, and uh, we, listen, we appreciate everything you do for our show. And uh, welcome aboard. Hi, it's great to be on, and uh, it's unfortunate about the uh, server being down, but you know, with old home week, it's probably just heated it up too much, right? With fans, and, <laughs> that's, that's, listen, <laughs> and now this right. talk about the big race. Now, now, Mel or Melissa, talk to us a little bit about uh, Old Home Week and kind of what it's like. Uh, we were talking on the program a little bit before about, you know, this is something that everybody should probably experience once in a lifetime. And uh, just talk to us a little bit about what the feeling is at PEI. Well, it's very hard to explain. Uh, comparing it to Jug Week is what some people say, Um it has a flavor of its own, though. This was something that a lot of people were saying even last year when the World Trotting Conference and World Driving Championship came to Charlottetown for the finals. It's very electric. There's a real culture of awareness of the sport. I spoke with some drivers who talked about being followed by fans as they were at shopping malls and other uh, restaurants and stores in the city of Charlottetown. People were sort of stalking uh, in a polite and respectful way behind John Campbell and Wally Hennessy, just awestruck. They know who they are. It's amazing. It's a culture where the sport is so strong that that awareness is, is part of it. Yeah, and, and you know, and we talk about constantly when we talk about trying to promote the sport, we constantly talk about trying to create events. Now, Thoroughbred Racing's got them with you know with the Derby and the Preakness and the Breeders' Cup and the Triple Crown and, and uh, you know a couple of other events throughout the year. And and uh, you know we, as much as we try, I think to try to bring people back into the business, people back into the sport, you know. I think that we as an industry are coming to a realization that it's got to be event driven. We've got to have events on our harness racing calendar that, you know, encompasses Canada and North and, and the United States to try to make these events, these can't miss events for people to come. And, you know, I think that's a, you know, it's, it's a really good way. The stronger our events are, I think the stronger that our sport will be. And, you know, the better chance that we have to try to bring new people into the business. That's one of the things I love about post time with Mike and Mike, to be honest, is just covering those major events, which are not all focused at one particular track in any given state or province. And that's part of what makes harness racing worth following. It's a sport where you can travel around to all these different tracks and and visit. And if you're there for one of these highlight days, maybe it's not the Kentucky Derby 
I consider that a good thing. 15,000 people packed into Red Shore's Charlottetown Driving Park is, is more than adequate <laughs> to create that crowd feeling without uh, the, the excess that might be associated with uh, some of the uh, more massive things like the Kentucky Derby. Now, Mel, talk to us uh, a little bit about, um, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, and I know a lot of us don't want to remember this, but I remember it specifically, and this is how important the Gold Cup and Saucer is to PEI. It rained so hard, and lightning was just so bad that they had to move the race to the next day. And not only did they move it to the next day, Mel, they, they had a one-race card just for that race. That's just how important this is to them. Uh, that they did. Uh, I was there for that with uh, some friends, Brad Duplessis and uh, Billy Joe Jim Bob uh, is a familiar name in the sport, of course, a great trotter. His uh, owner was there, uh, Lori Ferguson. We were watching on the backside and we got rained out so bad two minutes to midnight. It was uh, just torrential and everybody ran for it. And uh, it was uh, qu- quite a thing. The horses were on the track, but there was no way, even with the uh, top uh, track conditioning people they have, that they could get it ready that evening. So after the rains cleared, it was perfect the next day. And uh, yeah, there, there was still a good turnout. It was still a, a very uh, worthwhile event if, for those who could stay. Now, Melissa, you're going to be covering the event for uh, HRU. Uh, It's coming up on Saturday. It's the 14th race on the program. And, uh, of course, it's got that 11.58 start time. That's something that has been, you know, a tradition. And just, you know, when when the horses come out for the post parade, you've got the spotlight. Uh, Just, I mean, just an unbelievable atmosphere. But the race itself, always an interesting race. Uh, and you've got a really good field here. You've got Rocketed Heaven from the inside has been instilled mm-hmm. as the five to two favorite. Talk to us a little bit about the race and uh, how you expect it to unfold. Well, what's interesting about it? Well, there's a lot of interesting things about it uh, this year, I think. Uh, I had talked to Vance Cameron a couple of weeks back, and he was he was a little concerned about uh, not attracting maybe the top horses this year, but I think that's an excellent uh, field they've ended up with and a horse who did not win his cup trial or elimination as as you point out rockin in heaven is is who who i like to win as well it's interesting because in after the race after that cup trial that he was in which was uh, cup trial number one and somewhere fancy won that rockin in heaven actually paced a faster closing quarter and vance cameron had commented that he thought that somewhere fancy had perhaps paced the fastest closing quarter ever at charlottetown 26 and one in that trial so it's it's just kind of interesting that uh, rockin in heaven didn't quite catch somewhere fancy in that cup trial but i'm looking forward to seeing them uh, again meeting up in the actual gold cup and saucer on saturday night so that's Amel, one, one yeah. aspect <laughs> <laughs> well listen the gold cup and saucer and it's funny you bring up vance cameron because the gold cup and saucer would be nothing uh without the call of vance cameron we've heard some great calls from vance and actually uh vance is going to join the four of us or the three of us now on the program vance how's it going man uh it's going great thanks for having me now now mel obviously uh you know ta- and we're going to talk with vance some too uh just that that's just part of the stigma of the gold cup and saucer every year is uh having vance call the race correct 
part of the stigma. <laughs> I think it's a, the the ultimate selling point uh, is having having Canada's voice called a race. Yeah, and absolutely. I'll tell you what, I look forward to it each and every year. So, Vance, let's bring you into the ball game. How? Where did boom just like that come from? Is that something that you were just calling a race one day and it just it it just appeared, or is that something that that you know you've worked on and, and kind of perfected over the years? How did that come about? Well, I'll tell you, I stole that from Frenchman out of Montreal quite a few years ago. I was watching the simulcast, and uh, he used the boom just like that call. His name was Danny Imond. So I gave him the uh, French call, so I said, I'll steal this one here, and I'll turn it into the English call. And Mr. Imond had no trouble with it, as he, he stated years afterwards. Yeah, no question. And, and of course, this is a, a race that you look forward to every year. We talked to Mel about the atmosphere of the Gold Cup and Saucer. And obviously, as an announcer, you obviously have to feed off the crowd and the energy. Am I correct? Exactly. Um, when uh, Redshore Charlottetown was built, uh, the judges' stand was enclosed, uh, glass enclosed. Uh, I have a wonderful friend in marketing by the name of Lee Drake. And I said to Lee, I said, it's hard to get into the race when you can't hear the crowd, you can't hear the horses. And uh, so he took it upon himself uh, to get a glass company in. They come along. They said they could fix that. They got me a sliding glass window. Now I get a chance to listen to the crowd on the tarmac. I get a chance to listen to the horse pound off the racetrack. And it makes all the difference in the world to this race caller. Now, Vance uh, and Mel, too, I got, I got to admit, uh, stigma was the wrong word there. Excuse me for uh, not knowing the, uh, the, the meaning there. Uh, once, Mel, once, Mel la- once Mel laughed, I realized right then what, what I, I had to go look it up really fast. I meant tradition of the, of the race. And, and, and Vance, I, I've listened to the Gold Cup and Saucer over many years. And to hear the excitement um, from that race, obviously, uh, we just talked about the open window. Uh, the people that come for this race is just incredible. Well, a lot of people, a lot of horse people that come to Charlottetown to watch the race, they are just simply overwhelmed by how many people do show up and how many people are there for the very first race. It, It is a little bit like the little brown jug. You'll see people with their chairs chained to the fence. They have their pot and no one's going to take it and uh, you know it's just one of those nights that uh, you know it, it, it's not really hard to describe because it, 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 uh, it you know probably the biggest night on PEI all year is gold cup and saucer night just people put it on their calendar year after year Vance we asked Mel a little bit about it and let's uh, let's turn the attention to the race now you've got a good field of eight rocking and heaven's been instilled as the five to two uh, morning line favorite how do you see this race kind of unfolding well I hope that he gets around the first turn they're going to charge out of there and I mean they're going to charge out of there and as as Melissa said earlier as I was listening to her that 26 and one closing quarter by some where fancy is the fastest for a winner. Lo and behold, the horse yeah. that was second to him was uh, 26 flat. He made two lengths up from the top of the lane home. So if this horse scats off the gate, gets around the first turn, I may get that one miracle mile that I've been looking for, and that's that 149 <laughs> and four thing. 
Melissa, you're kind of like uh, listen. You're you're a member of the broadcast team, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you do such a Thank great you. job for us on Twitter. And I'm going to throw it to you. Do you have anything that uh, you'd like to ask Vance? Boy, uh, you know, we, we've we've talked fairly recently, Vance. It's good to hear you on here. Um, I don't know front end speed. Everybody thinks it's such a big deal on a half mile track, but when you think about last year, it didn't work out quite so well for always at my place. Uh, he was stung at the wire by a horse that was like three wide and five lengths back at the three-quarter pole, Shadow Place in Gilberio. So what do you think? What do you think? Front-end well, speed this year? Rain may happen again. That's the thing. Well, I think getting back to last year, the, the conditions weren't absolutely perfect. And Mark Campbell set up in that horse just as if it was a lightning-fast track. And he put up incredible fractions, and it was mm. it wasn't surprising me that he got real tired right late, and uh, that horse of uh, Kyle Fellows and Dill Barrio nailed him on the line from coming off the pace. But uh, I, you know, I really don't even know the forecast set for a Saturday night. But I I really think they're gonna they're gonna fly early and they're gonna fly late, and our track record and the Canadian record is fifty and one. And, uh, you know, my opportunities for that 149 and four mile, uh, I think it's starting to shrink. So I, I really uh, I really think I've got a shot at it this uh, weekend uh, that they sit up on them. i got to ask something else, Vance. Were you a little disappointed to see Ms. Mac and Cheese in the Philly and Mare Open right before the Gold Cup and Saucer? Because they didn't put her in the trials, and there was beforehand that this open and preferred Mare's winner, Cape Breton owned, from uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park might try the boys in uh, the Gold Cup and Saucer Trials, but that didn't happen. No, make no mistake about it, uh, Melissa. This is a pretty super mare. Like she's got hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars earned. I think in the twilight stages of her career, and that's probably why she landed back in Cape Breton, to see her not in the trials, yes, a little disappointing, but uh, I, I really don't think that she's, like, of course, she's a class, but I don't think she can go with some of these horses on Saturday night. And who's going to leave first, bet on breath? I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, the French connection is going to be right on yeah. the point early. <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking for Jay Harris to leave with this horse at the inside, as I mentioned earlier. He gets around the first turn. And this horse is pretty special. And there's a lot of special horses in that race. And it's year after year full of special horses. And, uh, you know, there's also a little bit of a tradition in that race where you do find the breakers in the first turn. Mm-hmm. Now, 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 Vance, I have to ask, and this is only because, and Mike will tell you this, I spent probably three years looking for my first 149 call. Uh, you know, just it, it's just a special type of an experience uh, if you'd be able to get to do that. Well, I'll tell you what's really uh, is special is I'm going to have to get it on the half-mile racetrack. I've been, uh, you know, I've done lots of calls on the five dates. And uh, when it comes down to the half, nobody in Canada in an age base and horse has done it. So that's, uh, that's how rare a feat that it's going to be or could be. All right, guys. Well, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. As always, we're looking forward to the call of the Gold Cup and Saucer. Melissa, we certainly appreciate you joining us, sitting in with us uh, on an extra segment. And Vance, we certainly appreciate you joining us one of the legendary voices in all of the sport of harness racing. Melissa, thank you. Thank you, Mike and Mike and Vance. 
Yep, fans, well, thank, thank you, you very much. Thanks a lot for having me on. It uh, was uh, my pleasure. All right, that was, uh, in my opinion, Mike, two legends in this industry. Melissa Keith, for all she does in the sport of harness racing, multiple award winner, and Vance Cameron, one of the legendary voices, uh, of course, not only up there in PEI, but the entire sport of harness racing. Just uh, really good to have that pair on, and very surprising that that pair is, uh, hasn't been on the show before. Yeah, for sure. Uh, can I can I, can I borrow your shovel, please? Just can I can I borrow your shovel so I can dig myself out of this hole? Just. To... <laughs> I'll tell you what, Melissa is not the right person to do that with you because she knows, <laughs> she knows she is she, up on I, her language. As yeah, soon as let, I said the word, the she knew it. Yeah, let's look it up in the dictionary. No, no, let's way. not look it up in the no, dictionary. No, come on, I've got it. it let's it's start right it here in front of me. Noun. I know yeah, even 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 the listeners in our in our in the USTA studios are looking at me like that was the wrong word. Well, I'm not going to read the definition, but uh, good. Neither yeah. am I. I mean, I'm not even going to read some of the synonyms. Yeah, please don't. All right, what's next? <laughs> we got, we've got a. <laughs> Oh, it, it, it was so good. You know, that's gonna be, is that gonna make the blooper real? Oh, that'll make bloopers. That's for sure. Because as soon as Melissa laughed, I knew that I said something wrong. You know, I did have a question for Melissa that I did want to ask her though, and and it was a little bit of a funny moment yesterday on Facebook when uh, Gabe Pruitt uh, was talking about the horse that that Ric Flair is racing at uh, the Red Mile. By the way, good to see Ric Flair start to get more involved. He's, he claimed the horns that he's got a few more, so he's starting to get involved in harness racing. But what a boost that can be. And uh, But but anyway, um, we were ta- he, t- he took a screenshot of about three different horses, and one of them had, is, is owned by one of the outfits in Ontario and Canada that you see this <laughs> primarily with the numbers, yeah. right? And as a matter of fact, when, when Sugar, if you watch Western Fair, when Sugar introduces the post parade to the horses, and if there's this a particular outfit that that is, has numbers that owns a horse, okay, he that's how he pronounced it. He's owned by so and so and numbers from Ontario, uh, and and that was kind of a funny thing because, uh, I, but I meant to ask Melissa what that's all about because you don't really see that here in the states, but you see that a lot on the owner lines of horses that race in Canada. Interesting. Yeah, you know, it's and funny I, 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 I because mean, the, like you always see like the one four two eight five three stable or something exactly. along those lines. And, and obviously, it's some type of ownership group, you know. Uh, but I, I just I don't know why it's done that way. So I was going to ask Melissa that, uh, you know, and she would have probably responded on Twitter by now because she would have been listening to us. But you right. know, you can't. So <laughs> you got to wait for the archive. So maybe somebody, if somebody knows that and has listened to the archive. Send us an email. Listen, I hope nobody listens Mike to Mike Mike. Com or, a, or a Facebook or a Twitter or something. Because I'd certainly like to know the answer to that question. Did you Did you hear me? Mm-mm. No. They said I hope nobody listens to the archives. The rate we're going. <laughs> yeah. oh, wow. All right. Well, listen. We've got running aces. Our man Darren Gagne is going to bail us out. He's got a terrific running aces segment coming up. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Uh, plus more on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. We'll be back in a moment. 
Course Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join the revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the upper Midwest. Located just 20 minutes north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota with seasonal live harness racing from May through September. Running Aces is the home of the $50,000 Dan Patch free-for-all pace and the $300,000 Minnesota Night of Champions. With live harness racing action three nights a week, every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday night, and our signal is available on ADWs and at racebooks and simulcast facilities near you. Visit our website, runaces.com, for more information. Again, that's runaces.com. Hey, it's Darren Gagne here at Running Aces in Minnesota. Time to recap the action here at the beautiful Minnesota 5.8 mile track. Over the past week or so, starting back on Saturday night, August 11th, one of the featured events on the program on Saturday night, the $11,000 Open Handicap Trot, talented field of six facing the gate on Saturday night for the Open Trot. Pride Crest with Steve Wiseman in the bike was sent off as the 6-5 to five favorite in the field. Banker Volo had different ideas about who would reign supreme on Saturday night as the top trotter, and he gave notice immediately out of the gate that he was playing with his A game. A banker Volo sprinted from the gate, took control of the field, posting a sharp 27-3 opening quarter. Silverload, the mayor, with Mooney Swenson in the bike, floated away into the pocket behind Banker Volo and Rick McGee. And Banker Volo quickly settled in on the front end and settled down nicely for a big second quarter breather. After the 27-3 opening quarter, the halftime was registered in 57 flat. Turned the flames back on and was a burning high as they raced to the three quarters. 28-2 third panel trotted strong in the home stretch to hold off. Fast closing silver load from the pocket, challenging. But uh, Banker Volo gets to the wire first in 154-1. Sparkling new track record for age trotting stallions. 
on Saturday night, August the 11th here at Running Aces, 154-1. Banker Volo puts his name back into the record books here at Running Aces. Again, his own previous track record time was 154-2 from last June. Banker Volo paid $7 to win, fifth win in 15 starts this year, boosted his career bankroll to just under $400,000. The owner is Geraldine Rowland of Grinnell, Iowa, Jenny King, the winning trainer, and again, Rick McGee, the winning driver on Banker Volo, track record mile on Saturday night in 154-1. We had another track record on Saturday evening's program, $9,000 winners over pacing event, holding all the cards with the Bobcat, Dean McGee, dramatic winner, talented field of six facing the starter, Better's Promise and Mooney Swenson fastest off the gate from post five, holding all the cards, got away well, secure the pocket position, Fractions were solid, 27 flat, 56 flat. Then things got uh, heated up again in that third quarter, and the action began to sizzle. Best in the business with James Yoder launching a strong first-over attack, creating the outer flow. Field was stacked up three wide and three by three at the three-quarters in 122-4 for 26-4 third quarter. Better's Promise was still fighting strong, turning for home, holding all the cards, exploding from the pocket, and what you staring at was Steve Wiseman had saved ground throughout. He was angling to the outside. Three-horse battle to the wire, holding all the cards, fastest between horses. Holding all the cards gets up to win by a neck, over Better's Promise with what you're staring at a close third. The timer said 150 and 4, and that equaled the fastest mile ever at Running Aces. Now a three-way tie for the track record for the fastest mile here at Running Aces in Minnesota, 150 and 4. Now three-way tie, that's six gun with Jason Ryan back in 2013. And then also Trashy Tongue Talker with Dean McGee, uh, July of this year, now holding all the cards uh, on Saturday night, gets the same time, 150 and 4, to share the track record. $21.40 to win for the winner holding all the cards, nine-year-old gelding by Cam's Card Shark, owned by William and Richard McIntyre of Wisconsin, and trained by Denise Mayer. 47th career victory for the Campaigner, again, nine years old by Cam Card Shark. Career bankroll now $496,000 plus. Also on Saturday night, $14,000 Minnesota Sired three year old pacing event. Went to Redonculoso, picked up his fifth win in 10 starts of the season. 7 to 1 upset winner, uh, the driver on Redonculoso, Rick McGee, for trainer Brett Ballinger and the owner Matthew Van Otterloo. The son of voracious Hanover went gate to wire. Impressive mile, 154-3. and three. Two wins in a row for Redonculoso in the Minnesota-sired 14,000-dollar three-year-old pace on Saturday night. Then on Sunday evening, Gold Star Yoder posted a very impressive win in his first lifetime start here at Running Aces, making it a victory in 157 flat. And also on Sunday, Ideal Jesse lowered his own track record uh, here at the track, 156 flat for Ideal Jesse on Sunday evening. He now has two track records, Ideal Jesse does, one for a three-year-old Colt Trotter, 156 and one last season, and now 156 flat for Ideal Jesse, new track record for four-year-old Trotting Stallions. On Sunday, August 12th, Gold Star Yoder once again, two-year-old pacer, first lifetime start off a very impressive qualifier, gets the job done in 157 flat, 
two to five favorite on the board. He paid two eighty. Gold Star Yoder for the Gold Star Farms and James Yoder, the owner, trainer, and driver. And Ideal Jesse, once again with that track record mile, son of Jailhouse Jesse. He was a $3.80 winner for $2, favorite in the uh, program. This one is owned by James Yoder's wife, Cheyenne Ray Yoder, of course trained and driven by James Yoder as well. Also on the program, $8,500 Minnesota-sired gelding split of the Minnesota Trot. SB Fine and Dandy pulls the upset. James Yoder in the bike once again, snapping the six-race winning streak of the heavy favorite Bring Over the Money. We had Rick McGee in the sulky. Well, Bring Over the Money led every step of the way except the final step of the mile as SB Fine and Dandy got up right on the wire to win and pulled that upset, paying twenty-four twenty. S.B. Fine and Dandy, a son of Claudius Augustus, is owned by Susan Holm Johansson and Deborah Hofsays, and trained by Ulf Holm Johansson. It was a new lifetime arc, 157-2 for S.B. Fine and Dandy in the Geldings, Minnesota-sired three-year-old trot. Decker, the dominating filly in the three-year-old Minnesota-sired trotting events all season long. Well, she picked up another win on Sunday night to make it four wins in a row, and she's won seven of her last eight races, sent off as the one-to-nine favorite, paying $2.20 to win. Rick McGee guiding Decker to her fourth consecutive win. Uh, Again, one-to-nine on the board. Part of an entry with her stable mate and runner-up in the race, Mimi Marguerite. Uh, Decker, very impressive, continues to roll, continues to dominate here in 2018. Decker's owned by Jesse, Eric, and Benjamin DeLong and trained by Justin Amphenson. And on Tuesday night here at Running Aces, Burning Blaze bouncing back to pick up another victory in the two-year-old pacing event in the Class A division for $10,200. Well, Burning Blaze and Wind Me Up and Watch Me Go, they have been the dominating two-year-olds. Burning Blaze dominated with the first couple of wins of the season and then Wind Me Up and Watch Me Go picked up a couple of wins back-to-back, including a track record victory in 154-1, and one, a couple of starts ago. Well, sent off as the big favorite in the field was Wind Me Up and Watch Me Go, but... Uh, it would be Burning Blaze who got the job done on Tuesday night to turn the tables back around and pick up the victory over Wind Me Up and Watch Me Go with Dean McGee's second. Well, Burning Blaze with Rick McGee in the bike sat the pocket behind Wind Me Up and Watch Me Go and had more pace in the home stretch. Uh, the opening quarter was fast, 27-3, and but the middle fractions were moderate, 57 at the half, 127 at three quarters. And then they picked it up in the home stretch, pacing in uh, just over 28 seconds. Well, it was 28 and 1, the final quarter closing time for Burning Blaze, who gets up for the win in 155 and 2. Burning Blaze paid $3.80. Victory was win number three in five lifetime starts. Just missed by a neck last time out. Of course, second two, wind me up and watch me go. And was second to wind me up and watch me go in that track record mile in 154 and 1 just two weeks ago. Burning Blaze, owned by Allen and Cheryl Sandbold and Edward Guten, also trained by Justin Amphenson. And on the trotting side, the MD Magic continues to dominate. Third win in a row in the $14,000 three year old Minnesota Sire trotting event. 
Burning a pocket trip, sweep by frontrunner Dewey's Machine, MD Magic with Dean McGee in the bike. Dewey's Machine had Steve Wiseman in the bike. These are the two favorites in the field. Well, MD Magic gets up for the win as the slight favorite on the board, $5 winner for every $2 wager on MD Magic. Three wins in a row. He's a son of braggart. He now has four wins and five lifetime starts and has earned over $28,300 for owners Set the Pace Racing and the winning trainers, Nick Rowland, for MD Magic, who has now won three races in a row. Also on Tuesday night, Gold Star Misty with James Yoder. She delivered another sharp winning performance as the heavy 1-5 to favorite in the $11,000 Mayor's Open Pacing event. Two wins in a row. Kiss on the Lips with Dean McGee. A very sharp effort from her again. She had the early lead after sprinting away from post two. Gold Star Misty was parked and pressing on from the far outside. Six post as they passed quarter and 28-2. Then Gold Star Misty establishes the lead right around the 3-8 marker. From there, Gold Star Misty was never in doubt. She was comfortable on the front. She kept her rivals at bay, and she arrived home at the wire, length and a quarter in front, in front of Kiss on the Lips, who held a game second. Fast-closing what-it-do baby boo with Steve Wiseman uh, got up for third, but it was Gold Star Misty and James Yoder once again winning on Tuesday night for two wins in a row in the Mayor's Open. Gold Star Misty, owned by the Gold Star Farm, and trained by Maggie Audley. 20-cent pick-five jackpot wager has now got a carryover rate around $18,000. 20-cent pick-five wager here at Running Aces, offered every night on the last five races. Again, the carryover jackpot right now, right around $18,000. Live racing three nights a week here at Running Aces, Tuesday nights, 7 p.m. Central, first post. And on the weekends, Saturday and Sunday nights, first race post time is at 6 p.m. The action is heating up here at the track as the two- and three-year-olds are vying for positions in the Night of Champions Championship final races. That will be on Saturday night. September the 15th, so just over a month away from Night of Champions here at Running Aces. Again, the uh, action heating up as these younger horses are vying for positions on the gate in those lucrative final races. Join us for live racing once again this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, first post 6 p.m., then on Tuesday night, first post at 7. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the upper Midwest. Located just 20 minutes north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota with seasonal live harness racing from May through September. Running Aces is the home of the $50,000 Dan Patch free-for-all pace and the $300,000 Minnesota Night of Champions. With live harness racing action three nights a week, every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday night, and our signal is available on ADWs and at racebooks and simulcast facilities near you. Visit our website, runaces.com, for more information. Again, that's runaces.com. Thank you very much, our man Darren Gagne. We certainly appreciate that segment each and every week, highlighting all the happenings at the beautiful racetrack in Minnesota, Running Aces. We want to thank all of our guests who joined us here today. Of course, the uh, fine track announcer, legendary track announcer up at Charlottetown in Canada. Of course, we're talking about Vance Cameron, plus Melissa Keith joining us, as well as John Horn and Nick Salby. Special thanks to all of our listeners who joined us as well. Don't forget, join us next Thursday for another exciting action-packed show for the post time of 10.30 a.m. See you then.
Can't stay here I know 